skin and blister. We're two sisters. Supporting each other from across the pond. Dun, 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 dun. Welcome back to Skin and Blister, your number one podcast streaming on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, <laughs> and all other major streaming platforms. I'm here with your host, Kelda Harrison. And, and Blister. <laughs> oh dear. Skin and And it's off to a bad start already. Skin and Saz. All righty, guys. All righty. Welcome, Greg, to the pod. We're very happy to have you back. Our favorite ever brother and oh, second yeah, favorite thank guest. Thank you very much. Let's oh, hope dear. that the other there brothers do not listen to the pod. But I have something to say. This morning, I was driving to work and I saw a lookalike of Gregory oh, on the I... side of the road waiting for the bus. Jesus himself. Was it you? Oh, my God. It was it a goat? One of... <laughs> it could only be in one of two people, myself or Jesus himself. <laughs> no, it was a goat. She saw a goat waiting to get on the bus. They really look I've never like seen a lookalike of me. I want to see one. That's really sad. Did you take a picture? They had... It was very funny because they had the same kind of body height shape everything as you and then their face was quite similar as well so as i was coming up yeah like six packs just 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 Um, for anyone just for anyone who's not aware what my body may look like just imagine your dream man and there you have it and then add like a hundred years and 30 pounds Add, a, add 20% depression, a tinge of remorse, and there you have it. There's me. 5% luck, 10% skill. My gosh. 100%, I don't know. Concentrated what. power of will. 10% yes, pleasure. What are you talking anyway, about? Anyway, Sarah. White girl surely, like, Anyway, let's let Sarah finish her story because... Like all of your podcast stories, I'm sure this has some deep meaning. <laughs> <laughs> listen, 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 listen. Apparently, if you meet your doppelganger, it's bad luck. It means uh, death is on the way. Oh, because two of you can't exist. Well, no, it's like really um, like ancient bad luck. But uh, recently, there's been a spate of crimes... Is spate the right word? Yeah, yeah. Depends what you're spate talking. Of crimes of people like killing off their doppelgangers to like pretend they are dead. Anyway, very sad. Oh my god, that is the most bullshit thing I've ever heard, Sarah. Sorry, no, it's not. You just completely made that up. Sarah yeah, does like make stuff killing up. Off their doppelgangers for a good story. Okay, she'll I'll say give you anything. the context. I will give you the context. Yesterday, I read a uh article in the guardian about doppelgangers and then this morning i saw no you can look it up and then this morning i saw greg's doppelganger and i was like oh shit did you kill him there's no because if it had been greg there it would have been bad but it it wasn't my doppelganger okay all right 
All the right. other thing I wanted to say was thanks for all the birthday wishes and thank you, Greg, for the present. Very much appreciated. Oh, you are very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so zen now that doesn't even bother me. <laughs> I was, wait, what does this even come from? I remember being very passionately annoyed at something that was said on the podcast, but now I forgot because what it was. I think we, I think Kaz said that thank, she thanked me for her present, which all of us had got for her. So in our family now, we all buy a present. So like three of us um, buy a present for one person. Yeah, it's a, it's a complete and utter nightmare, to be honest. But yeah, the coordination gonna... is nightmarish. <laughs> I think we're going to have to stop it like now. No, you just had my yours. birthday is coming up. I have not had my present yet. I demand my dues. Oh my god! Like what are we even gonna get him? Please get me something to do with goats. That would be so cool, like a pet goat. Here's an interesting story for your listeners. Once I was in Thailand, and I was quite poor at the time. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, well off or anything. And we went through a gem factory where they made all kinds of things with gems. And there was a like a fake diamond encrusted goat, and it was like two thousand pounds. And I almost, <laughs> I almost bought it, which is ridiculous, as like an impulse buy. And to oh this day, God. I still wish that I had. <laughs> no, you can get quite a return on that investment. <laughs> I'm quite yeah. sure. Oh, that is crazy. I'm surprised you didn't, to be honest. I think the problem was I didn't have enough money on my card, so I literally couldn't. <laughs> which is probably... To, Thank to honest, the Lord. Now, praise the Lord himself. The Lord is the ultimate goat when I think about it. Yeah. Uh, but looking looking back on it now, like whenever I buy big ticket items, I'm, I always regret it like a week later. It brings is that me why no you joy. haven't bought a house? No, a house I think would bring me a lot of joy, but apart from a house, there's like burn. nothing. There's nothing that I want other than a house. Except yeah, yeah. Case. So just save it all. Oh, very nice. Are you John Lennon oh, now? It's a bit of a lie. Imagine all the fritters frittering <laughs> like they should. All right, guys. You know what I did this weekend? Let's hear. I remodeled my guest room <laughs> oh that's good Gross. yeah so next time you stay you're gonna be super excited because like it looks so cozy there now i made it into a library it's really cool i'll send you a picture i'll post it on the podstagram so everyone can see please don't come stay with me unless you're related to me just kidding Kinda. Depends how close of a friend you are. But you guys are definitely invited. I say that as if everyone wants to stay with me. No one ever stays at my house. Yes, they <laughs> to be do. honest, I loved I it. There. I loved it last time, but I have one small complaint. It got dirty in the week that I was there. <laughs> I wonder why. It's so fascinating. <laughs> I no, have another it was really story. Nice last time I stayed. Mm-hmm. Well, it's even nicer now. Get ready to have your mind blown. Before we move on, uh, 
tell me a bit more about this library. Do you have a librarian? Uh, yes, it's all organized by Dewey Decimal System. Um, yeah. And then there's like a little cabinet so you can find books, like you look through it for the title and then you can figure out which shelf it's on. It's pretty cool. Wait, that is that actually, actually... I love that, but are you actually serious? No. Why no. the hell would I bother with that? That's insane. Oh, I, I was getting like, that was like putting me in a happy mood thinking. You guys are that. seriously like, do you really think I'm that neurotic? I'd finally gone to my happy place and it was your Dewey Decimal Library. <laughs> now it's shattered. When I used I, to I work. Feel like, I feel I like used to work in... would love to be the librarian. Yeah, he probably Sorry. would. Yeah. But I used to work on the com in the commune library, and it was like my favorite job ever, because I would just hide behind the shelves and read books, and like try to avoid the librarian. It was really scary. Um, <laughs> like she'd go stomping around trying to find me, and I'd just like quick put the book away and keep going. I'd always read the adult books, hoping I'd find something about sex in them, but I never did. <laughs> Oh wait! Did and you now actually, you have the whole or... internet. They were very well censored. I think the steamiest it ever got was "Gone with the Wind," which I got from the high school library. That was like my, as a child, that was like, whew, very steamy for me to read that. I think I based like my entire adult relationships off of it, which was very bad because like, Rhett Butler is kind of abusive let's be honest <laughs> 50 shades have gone with the wind <laughs> but yeah that's as steamy that as one. it gets they Did banned they? that book when i was in high school yeah along Why? with a couple others probably because of me do you think do you know what i saw in utah they banned the bible which seems a bit backwards. wait what yeah that's where all the mormons live on... No, like not in the whole state, but like in high schools, you're not allowed to have the Bible. In Utah? That's like a Mormon yeah, state. Are you sure about that? Because of like the sexual references. <laughs> no way. You're joking, right? <gasps> Let me oh, there's nothing that gets me going like Songs of Solomon. That is some sexy uh -oh. stuff. Oh, dear. <laughs> Carter, did you say... Did you see that a crocodile actually had a, a virgin birth recently? Really? And that is a true, yeah, that's a true story. A crocodile had a virgin birth. And like just now saying that, I'm just kind of wondering, is that crocodile Mary? What if the next Jesus is actually a baby crocodile? <laughs> and I'm the, here for the it. Second, <laughs> the second question is this, that, that I always kind of think about with this, because you know, like the Bible says there's going to be like a second coming of Jesus, right? Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. but there's been throughout history, a lot of people who were put in kind of psychiatric wards who proclaimed that they were the second coming of Jesus. So the question is, what if he's already come and he just got locked up in the loony bin and that was the <laughs> second coming of Jesus? <laughs> And then God's just thought, like, fuck off. Like, you put my son in, like, the psychiatric ward. I'm done with you. And he's gone on to his next kind of planet where he's recreating The Sims. 
Yeah, that seems right. Yeah. <laughs> that is very that's about as Greg. that's about as nuts as religion is. I wouldn't be shocked by that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry if you're religious. You, I, some, I respect. Uh, I have an observation <laughs> to make. <laughs> I have what? nothing but respect. <laughs> that was such an insincere apology, Kelda. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I Greg, think religion, give us something I think from your. Great, but... mm-hmm. Give us mm-hmm. something from your weekend, Gregor. Gregorius. And it better be good. And if it's not, just make something up. Uh. Well, actually, I have to admit, I did absolutely nothing this weekend. And I'll tell you why, because we just finished our two weeks of camp. So after that, I'm always dead inside. But the camps were amazing. (laughs) What can I tell you that happened in them? We had, for the first time, we had a private school come uh, from Cyprus. So we had 33 kids, which was very unusual for us. Normally, we only have German kids. Um, and the kids were great, but the teachers were super annoying. Uh, for example, we took them to the city one day and just as we're getting on the train and it's like two minutes about to leave, they're like, we forgot the kids emergency diabetes kit. And, and I, who am the big chief, like it's my camp company. They just turned to me and they're like, but it's easy. You can just go and get it. And the camp is like 20 minutes away. So. I had to get the freaking thing and wait for like hours for the next train. Anyway, I don't know if that's interesting or not, but never trust. It sounds very annoying. That feels a little bit xenophobic, Greg. (laughs) What what is xenophobic exactly? I I don't think I said anything against women. (laughs) (laughs) No, xenophobia is where you say things against cultures. Oh, yeah. My friends always, I can tell you a good story about that. So I have a Greek friend called Andreas. And when he first, when he he once told me after I'd known him for like three months, he's like, when I first met you, I thought you were an asshole because you would always make generalizations about Greek. And I thought you were like racist. And then he said, but then I realized you do that about every country. Oh, this is what racist people so always fun. say to prove they're not racist. They're always like, I'm not racist. I hate everyone. Apologies. So we, apologies. Went to play, uh, we went to play tennis today, as we do on Mondays. And by we, I mean me. Um, and it was so hot. It's the royal I we. I thought they would cancel it for the heat, but then they didn't. And then in the middle of the tennis, it just started raining so hard. And they canceled it. You think that's okay? Why did they cancel it for the rain? Well, can you see the ball if it's raining? Or was it raining that hard where you couldn't see? They said the balls would get really heavy. Oh, that would be fun, though. That was so immature of all of us. <laughs> it's bad that we can see each other's faces, so it makes it worse. You like, know what this uh, reminds me of? Fa- family supper. 
Let's have a quiet supper unless anyone has anything interesting to say. Sarah goes right in. So I saw a lot of bread in the park today. (laughs) I remember Sarah once at family supper telling us a story about how she was scared of her teacher because he had a mustache. Oh my God. And it went on for like 45 minutes. But she saved like the part, like what she was scared about. She would always save it till the end. So you were kind of like, okay, maybe this story has some amazing (laughs) ending, but it never did. (laughs) Well, I will tell you why. Because they used to tell us they'd bury us head down in the garden if we were, if we walked on the garden walls. Oh my God. They would only come feed us once a day. I don't think we quite understood like, like we didn't really think it through like how would they feed us if we if our heads were under the ground they'd put a feeding tube in yeah i guess so but it did scare us and i believed that for a long time i still i'm not on the walls of gardens (laughs) you used to call him the big scary man i remember this now and all i can see is that but i don't know who it was all I can, I do, I and do. I can see him in yellow tights as Malvolio. I think no, I it doesn't it was Malvolio. matter. In in a Shakespeare play, uh, what I don't even remember which one it is, but Maybe he was Malvolio. No, no, it was Mal. He was Malvolio. Yellow to be, that tights is the question. <laughs> yellow tights, the same color as the shirt I'm wearing today. I hope I'm cheering your day up by wearing yellow, because that was my goal. How is the prep going for this uh, jiu-jitsu championship? Um, Well, on Saturday, very excited. I've spent the past three weeks learning how to break people's ankles or blow their knees out, so that's quite fun. Um, (laughs) But the annoying thing is... you remember it on Saturday. In the tournament, you're not allowed to do that. So it's quite useless. Well, you are allowed to break the ankle, but you're not allowed to blow the knee out. So, yeah. You're not actually allowed to hurt them, are you? I mean, depends if they tap or not. If they want to be stupid and not tap, then that's their fault. (laughs) What kind of forms Um, do you do you sign but before you go into this sport? nothing absolutely nothing what if yeah. like if someone breaks your arm i would be right on the suing i would have no, my because, like, lined up when would you, like why would you possibly join like compete in a professional championship of fighting if you don't expect to get hurt though fitness Kelda, you're going to get some, like, massive person. You're going to have to just, like, wrap yourself around them like a snake. Go for the strangulation (laughs) snake tactic. I will. That is, like, what I'm known for at this point. (laughs) You have, like, leverage as well. Use your levers. That's Use the levers. Yeah, because I think, like, no one's going to be my height, so they're definitely going to be, like, bigger, like, more, Mm. more, like, chunky and built. Imagine they're just, like, a muscle woman. This massive muscle woman, like you know five foot five, here. but pure muscle. I 
I don't. Apparently, I can find it, but I haven't been able to. It'd be interesting to know what was, who I was going up against. Um, you need to, like, stop yeah. them out and then trash talk them on social media. <laughs> like a Conor McGregor vibe. Do it. Get so in good. there. They call her Killer K. This is funny because Greg used to always, when we were kids, Greg used to always call me Killer. And now that's exactly, I've lived up to it. This is like, this is proof of manifestation, right? I manifested my childhood nickname. Uh, I manifested you is all I can say. And Sarah's childhood nickname was she who shall win the lottery and give Greg all the winnings. So Uh, that one will hopefully come true one day as well. All right. I want to know what you guys think about manifestation. Take it away. Well, I was just going to say mine was Harass because that's my name. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Oh, all these good memories. When I was like six years old, you guys were like, oh, look at you. Harass, harass. Harass Harrison. Um, Yeah, exactly. And then I remember this game we used to play when in the morning, Greg would be cleaning the toilet, cleaning the bathroom because that was his before breakfast job. And then, or no, maybe I would be cleaning the bathroom. Anyway, and Greg would come in and he'd say, once I've got my foot in, you'll never get it out Oh, again. my once God. <laughs> I remember, I remember this. And then the and chin chopper, too. in the door, and then he'd just slowly pry it open despite my best efforts. Oh, my God. I vaguely remember that as well. And you wonder why we're so insane. Um, remember the chin chopper. What Here comes the candle to light you to bed. Here comes the chopper to chop off your head. Chin chopper, chin chopper, chin chopper, chin. And you would just chop at their chin? <laughs> no, you would use your chin as like a dagger. So you would oh, is chop that with what your it chin. was? Yeah, you would like chop into their shoulder or back with your chin. Just like you see, I've been training for this all my life. Like it didn't just start a year ago. <laughs> I have to say, like, go, Greg. Sorry, I'm I'm on a I'm on a delay, so I think that's why I keep interrupting you. Um, but anyway, so I have to say that when I get bored, I do things just because I want some excitement in my life. And on the commune, I was often very bored. So I just annoy my siblings to get a reaction, which looking back on it is terrible. But I don't think I've changed that much, I'm ashamed to say. (laughs) But I used to go on hikes with Greg and he'd have a tennis ball, right, to throw around. And he was a lot taller than me because he's like four years older than me. And he would just throw the tennis ball to himself over and over and make me try to get it. And, like, I would hike for miles, and I was never able to get the tennis ball. <laughs> I just remember jumping up over and over again. And then he would just, like, shoulder me into the ditch beside the road. Oh, my goodness. That is horrible. <laughs> well, Kaz, do you remember when you used to – Kaz is six foot, as is Greg is over six, six one. I'm the short. I'm the short one here, but Gr- – Kaz used to put her head on my, her chin oh my on my God. head. 
Until one day I jumped up and that was the end of that experiment. I almost yeah. bit my oh, tongue off. I remember off. that. I remember that. My tongue yeah. was hanging on by a thread after that. This Sorry. has reminded me of a weird story because I've always done things to kind of amuse myself. Um, and my brother in the community, my little, very tall brother in the community, he was recently like working in construction. And he took down like a wall and behind it was this. I don't know if you guys can see it. Wait, what? But I had written. I had written. Oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Greg, Greg oh, Harrison, May, May 9th, 1873. <laughs> 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 so he found it. Like, so strange. And, but it's the type of I've always done. I, I don't know. I've always kind of found it funny, even if no one else does. So like when I saw that, it just it made me laugh because it made me realize like how my humor hasn't changed at all because I still found it funny to this day. Would yep. you, how old would you have been in 1870? <laughs> I would have been young. I would have been young. Spring See, chicken. I said add 100 years and 30 pounds. I was not that far off. She was not Okay, Ken, tell us what you think lying. about manifestation. Yeah, I asked you a while ago. <laughs> wait me yeah i have to tell you greg no greg should gerg gerg how do you feel about manifestation manifestation so i was talking about this with my friend the other day because he was saying like um well first of all this is a very dear friend to me if they're listening i must say they're a wonderful person but every oh. single year they go and that's how you know he's about to destroy them and every single year he goes for example 2020 is going to be my year and then 2021 comes 2021 is going to be my year and then but he does it every year and he was telling me oh if you just manifest things like they're going to become reality i think if you manifest them and work towards them they may become reality I don't agree that you can just say things and they'll happen. I think you have to work towards them. That's my take. Saz, what you got? Um, well, I have a similar take in that I was I was having weirdly a similar conversation where I said like, yeah, if you like, if you think five years in the future where you want to be and then work towards it, and the person I was talking to was like. No, you just like what happens happens. You have to just see what happens. <laughs> and I was like, now wait a minute. So you think you just wait and see what happens? Because I've always been of the opinion that you need to build it. But I don't know. I think there's right in in both of those because I'm quite stubborn. Like if stuff doesn't go my way, I'm like immediate sadness. Um, but so I don't know. I don't know if is that manifestation is like come up with a plan and then work towards it. Is that the basics or what is manifestation? Um, so they say like write it down what you want. Like you write every day in your journal, like I'm going to be a millionaire. And then like you vision board it too. Like you, <laughs> you take like a big paper, you cut stuff out of magazines that you want um to happen and then you see if that happens but like this is interesting because like okay those two people you were talking to 
yeah. who think that you can just like sit there, right? How successful are they? Do they get what they want? Yeah, I mean, I um, they're quite successful in an average sort for of me, way. Success, in an average success way. Is, I think success is really hard to define because you can have success in relationships and family life and financial. But I mean, I would say, no, they're still looking for what they want, if, if I'm totally honest. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't think they would mind me saying that either. Um, yeah, but the my I guess my what I'm trying to say is like with manifestation, like it's good to have a vision, like something, you know, find someone who's it's it's better if you can like have a model for it, right? Cuz then it makes it more real. So if you like look at someone in your life who you really look up to and you know, you want something similar for yourself and then kind of just keep that in mind as you take steps through life. Like, okay, what would, instead of WWJD, you do WWGD, what would Greg do? And then, <laughs> and then you just keep going through life like that and see where it takes you. You might buy a $2,000 diamond encrusted goat. You may just do it. You'll be happy problem. for it. <laughs> that is the I actual say- problem. I will say this, like with the business, that's something I definitely manifested because even like 10 years ago, I was talking about like, I want to have my own summer camp. Um, and then even with like the business plan, like we all the numbers we put in and stuff like we have hit those now, which is kind of crazy that looking back on it and even hit them faster than we thought we would. So like, yeah, I think having that clear goal in mind really mm-hmm. did help because otherwise you're just kind of like, it's so easy just to drift. And even now, like, I feel like at this stage of my life, now the business is doing really well. There's some other goals I want to accomplish. And I feel like I'm kind of drifting a bit with them. And I think the reason is because I haven't really clearly defined them. Um, And that's Mm -hmm. in a few areas of of my life, uh, which I don't want to go like too into. But I think the reason I'm drifting a bit on them is because I'm kind of not really defining them and thereby not really going for them. Um, So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think pushing yourself to manifest stuff is is really important actually. But then again, like stuff, everything can change. And I think you should also be like willing to go with that change if it feels like the right thing. Yeah, definitely. And and I've also heard like, be careful what you wish for. Because if you wish for the wrong thing, like it might you know mess stuff up like i don't know you don't want to like manifest bravery because then a situation in your life might happen where you have to be brave which is not ideal i had i always think sorry calda like i say i'm on a delay i feel bad because i keep interrupting you guys no Uh, go for it i had a i had a situation when i was like 18 19 i had just left the commune and there was this, uh, there was this uh, apprenticeship for a company called Airbus. They designed like huge planes. Uh, and I applied for it as, as like an apprentice engineer. And I was really into it. And I remember I really, really, really wanted it. And like, I didn't get it. Uh, I don't know why. I guess my interview wasn't good enough. 
And I was really disappointed and because it was one of those things where I thought, oh, if I just get this, then I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. But now, mm -hmm. now if I look back on it, like I don't think I would have done half the things I've, I'd, I'd, I've done if I had got it. So that's a good example of like where I really wanted something. It didn't work out, but I feel like in the overall picture, it was actually really lucky for me that it didn't work out. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. I think like we can think so linearly like with life, like, you know, this is exactly what I want. This is where I need to go. And like, actually, and we think like, it's easy to think like, oh, there's only one right path, like, and just agonize over if you're taking the right path. But like, actually, there's a million paths you can take and all of them have like pros and cons. And if you just have like the right attitude um, and work hard, like, any of them could work out really well. I want to say I want to say one thing on that because uh, like listening to podcasts or interviews with really successful people, what's really interesting to hear is when they sold their company. Uh, so maybe they sold it for like crazy amounts of money. Often when they talk about it in, in interviews, they say like they felt like super lost. Um, and mm -hmm. th it was like everything they had ever dreamed of, the money, the success, everything. And mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people I've listened to who are super successful, they've come to realize, and I think the older I get, the more I agree with this, is like, it's not about the end goals. It's not about the thing you yeah, manifest. Yeah. It's, about, it's about the journey along the way. It's about the friends you make, like the journey you take. And I think that's actually like way more important because we always have these goals. It's like, like I said, if I had bought that 2000 pound diamond encrusted goat, probably like 10 <laughs> minutes later, 10 minutes later, I would have been like, well, that was stupid. Do you know what I mean? And, and, but in that yeah. moment, I really wanted it. So yeah, yeah. I think it's all about the journey. For sure. I mean, what else is life to be honest? Like, yeah, it's, it's, you're enjoying the process. It's the whole point. Saz, have you been enjoying it? Um, well, I was going to say, because <laughs> I think there's this, like, positivity porn, which is very easy to get into. And what I mean by that is when people are like, manifestation, ah, just think about, like, making this amount of money or like finding the perfect partner or something. There's so many people. I'm just thinking of professions like acting every audition, you get 50 people who want desperately want that part. And it's not like mathematically, it's not going to the person who works the hardest. It's just going to whoever decides whoever you know the director decides is best that day um and so i i guess i would just caution my like myself into thinking about this that like hard work is the way to your goal hmm. basically i'm i'm in theory i'm trying to manifest a couple of things at the moment and like they're not, <laughs> they're not going well. 
So I'm, and like, I am working hard on them and I, I shouldn't be too down on myself because then like some of them are, I think I have like a lot of, what's the word when you have a lot of different things and you're trying to like do all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so too I guess, much like, on your them, plate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but some of them are going well and it's hard for me to go like celebrate those because I feel like everything, everything has to go well, but, um, yeah, so I guess I'm in a bit of a confusion about manifestation. I'm not sure it's like as straightforward as it's been made out to be. It's clearly, I mean, there's nothing like, I don't think there's anything that abstract about it. It's just like if you grind hard enough on like one thing, something will happen. Not necessarily what you want on your timeline, but um something will move, you know, and like, it can feel like so frustrating in the moment when you're building stuff. Cause like, it takes forever. Like people think it's like this instant gratification thing and it's not, it's like this slow grind usually. And like, but then ev eventually you, you're looking back on like your whole history and you're like, Oh, like things worked out maybe not how I thought they would, but you know, I, I think it's more about just being like, okay, what, you know, how can I frame this? Like, what, what am I learning? And like, it's annoying when people do that, like me, who are like, just frame it in a positive way. But I think that is like, the only way to like, really get through it sometimes is to like, just be like, it'll be okay. And it might, might be in a weird way, but somehow it will be, I don't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think uh, what my German business partner always tells me, cause I'm, I'm someone who like rushes ahead of myself, definitely. Uh, and then that can be overwhelming. Cause I, I put too much. When I think about what I want to do, the steps to get there are so big that if mm -hmm. I try and think of it as, as one thing, it's like really overwhelming. So what my German business partner tells me to do always is like, Greg, step by step. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of yep. true. Like you just gotta, you just gotta like start and also like, don't be too scared of failure. I think that's a huge difference between like successful and non-successful people. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. when people fear change too much and the thing that that mm -hmm. always helps me is like I think about like the worst case scenario like when I started the business I was like what's the worst thing that can happen I could work for like two years earn no money be back to square one that's not really that bad when you're at least when you're young and you don't have a family so like and then worst case scenario I, I could always find some kind of job because I'm willing to work mm -hmm. on all of that so yeah I think you just got to start I mean it's like yeah, it's like that you can always repair, like, even if it's a big, like, failure, you know, it's, it's like that is what separates people who keep, you just have to keep going. Like, mm -hmm. you just keep, you keep on going, like, and sometimes at the time, it's like so horrible, because you're like, I put all this time and energy into it, and seemingly like nothing happened, but like, in fact, you're just building like your character and stuff. Because I've done like, you know, I, I haven't talked much about it, but like I had like court for a long time with 
you know, custody court. And like, it felt so like pointless and I was putting like so much money into it. And I was like, and I wasn't getting like any results. And, but like, eventually like things have a way of like sorting out and it's, and it definitely wasn't on my timeline, but things are actually kind of okay right now for now. And it, that's, I'm like, oh, well maybe, you know, when I felt so like hopeless about it for so many years and like felt like a completely wasted endeavor, maybe it wasn't. So I don't know. I think that can help to like hear that kind of thing. Cause um, it, it can be like so depressing when you're in the middle of it. Yeah. One thing, one thing I always think about with stuff like this, cause my dream in my head, my dream is to like have no responsibilities, like live in a hotel that has a spine, just get so food the whole time. That's like my, in, in my head, that's like my, my dream, have like my family around, whatever. Um, and I did that for like two days, only two days, like a few weeks ago when I was in Spain, by the end of the two weeks, I was so bored. Like you need, for me, at least, I really need the adversity, the competition, the, the grind yeah, yeah. to keep life, like, I don't know, to keep life interesting, to keep it like, otherwise it's just so boring. Uh, yeah. And but that is kind of like, that is kind of society's dream is like that you have tons of money that you don't have to do anything. But the reality of that is you're just going to be bored out of your mind to the point where you're going to have to start like buying sports cars, Rolexes, stuff like that. If, if you're filthy rich anyway. It's a slippery slope. It is. What, what about karma? Cause sometimes I'm going around trying to up my like good karma. So I'm like being nice to old people, being nice to children. Well, like, I would say my Saz, karma, you should do that anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, it hasn't helped, so I've stopped doing that. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it hasn't helped a bit, so I've stopped being nice. I have a story about this too. Guys, uh -oh. tell it. What's your view on karma? Okay. Well, it's just, it's kind of a, like, it's not necessarily completely directly about karma, but like, um, I'll never forget this one time. Like, again, I used to be like dirt poor, like I couldn't, and it was when I had a baby, like it was really hard. Um, and I couldn't like even think about like the life I have now, which is kind of crazy. But, um, I was in the grocery store and I had like a whole cart full of groceries and um my card wouldn't work and I was there with like the baby and I just kind of went to the side and sat there and I was like what the fuck like what do I do and like suddenly some like the cashier came to me and was like someone paid for your food I was like Oh my God. It was like $200 worth of groceries. Oh, wow. That's so nice. And it, I just see like going out the door quickly, like this unassuming looking woman, like who is probably middle-aged. Um, and I like couldn't catch her in time to, to thank her um, because she wanted to do it without, you know, any recognition. Um, and you know, I'll just never, ever forget that. Like, that was such an amazing thing for someone to do. 
for someone in my situation. And like, so I always think about that when, um, whenever like I can do something for someone else, like I always think like of that person. And so like, and now I'm in more of a position to like do those random acts of kindness, which I think are like so cool. And I guess my point is like, it has ripple effects. Like when on the world in general, like you can literally like, you never know like who you might help and then what they might go on to do to help other people. And you'll never like see it solidly, but I think it's like a really cool thing to think about when you're going about your day is like, Oh, like I could have ripple effects like on the entire world, like positive ones. And all I need to do is like be a kind person, you know? So like, I know this podcast has gotten super serious, but, (laughs) but like, it is really worth it. I think. It's like, and I'm being like annoyingly positive as well. (laughs) First of all, let me just say, wait a minute, delayed Greg. First of all, let me say only in America. (laughs) (laughs) You only hear about that stuff when it's like in America, though. I don't know if it happens in other countries. Because Americans are so nice. (laughs) They are really nice. Americans are really nice. And I feel like Europe likes to look down on Americans. But that is one beautiful thing about Americans is like, uh, I feel like the social side of America can be really nice, like how people like really look out for each other in that way. And I have a similar story in Germany, but it was someone giving me like a 25 cent voucher to put on the things before I scan them through the supermarket. (laughs) But you're you're totally right. Like, well, it even still made me feel really good because it was like they didn't have to. And it was like really sweet. It was again, like it was just some sweet old older person. But that's so Mm -hmm. beautiful. And I think I think karma is totally real. And I think I think it's not always obvious. Like you could have like a horrible boss and you look at everything they have, all their money, all the, Mm -hmm. the car, whatever they have. And you might think, oh, karma is not real. But like, if I look at some of my terrible old bosses and also like some of my really good ones, for example, like the ones that were terrible, they just had like a sucky life. Cause like they were just, mm-hmm. no one liked them. You know what I mean? So they were sacrificing yeah. their kind of, their kind of gain for like personal pain and like, they're just never mm-hmm. happy. And in, in the end, like, Oh, what we all want is happiness for ourselves, for our loved ones. So like, I think karma is really real, but I think sometimes you just have bad luck as well. Yeah. I mean... No, I do. I, I don't think, to be honest, I think with karma, it's also about just doing kind things in order to, in almost like as a selfish thing, to make yourself feel better. I, I mean, is anyone ever altruistic? I don't think true altruism exists because it's always a selfish motive, even if it's like just wanting to feel good, right? You can always take it to a selfish motive, yeah. Yeah, but no, I think like it's it's really cool to like the random acts of kindness thing. I think like I always think that's such a cool thing because you can just create these massive effects in other people's lives and never know about it. But it usually does. I mean, cause like, 
I don't know, randomly, like three times, I've also had people in front of me in a drive through when I was getting coffee. Like they paid for my coffee and it was just like, and then I went about my day and I was like so kind to other people because I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like there's good people. And so it just creates like, and then those people were probably kind to the next person. I, I think like my uh, assignment for everyone this week is go do one random act of kindness. Whoop. Sorry, but since when? No, you love homework assignments. Since I took charge, um, I've worked in a co- in coffee shops on and off for like ten years now, and no one has ever done that pay it forward thing. It's because you're in London. <laughs> Literally, the kindest. Actually, the kindest thing someone did, which is interesting, is they'd been coming for about six months, just getting a coffee every day. Which is great. That's all we need from people. But then they gave us like a 50 pound tip and then they were like, wow, that's, for, that's like the tip for the whole six months that I've been coming. And I, and I just put it in my pocket and ran home. No. Wait, what about I, your other staff? No, I don't take tips. It's a joke. It's a joke, guys. Hmm. Um, no, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was quite a good idea. Because, like, people don't really tip in coffee shops here. But when they do, it's very noticeable. If you have a, you do the... Americans tip? No, not really. Because I think they... What? They... No, not so much. Because I think they've been told not to tip. Um, yeah, it's true. They do tell you that. Because we get a fair amount of Americans. But the... Um... Oh, what was that? Oh, no, I've lost my train of thought. It's left the station. It's off the track. It's turned over. (laughs) It's burning up. Uh, That reminded me of something. Speaking of bad karma, one time my my boss was like, there's been money gone missing from the drawers at night when you count the drawers. And uh, she was like, "Um, so until that stops happening... I'm going to just take it out of all of your tips for the week. <laughs> and we were so angry. That is so like, bad. Yeah. Way to anger all of your staff is like punish all of them for money. And then it turns out like we think what happened was like her dad had been counting the drawers and he was really old. And like we oh, think man. he had just been like senile. Because it stopped happening once he stopped counting the drawers. That is wild. That's such bad management, by the way. Isn't that terrible? (laughs) The group punishment thing. I mean, that's what the commune used to do, too. And all it does is create, like, anger and fear, which is, I don't, I mean, I guess it it is effective in the short term, but you don't win any Mm -hmm. loyalty in that way. Like, it just creates anger and fear, and eventually it, like, backfires, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it's not, yes. I mean, she needed, they needed to figure it out a different way, not yeah. to get out of your personal tips. But Which I think, I think is also to... illegal, actually. Uh, what a note to yeah, end on. Yeah, but Sarah's taking money out of the cash drawer. 
Yeah, but the problem with this podcast is, is I'm so delayed. Like, I feel like I can't say anything because you're probably talking about a whole different conversation. <laughs> like, I can when see I your lips Greg's... moving for like 10 seconds after you stop talking. <laughs> when I see Greg's face moving, I'm like, okay, 10 minutes from now, we'll hear from Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I try and stop talking like 10 minutes after I start to see him move his, his face moving. Yeah, you but, just have to learn how to time it properly. But Greg's always he, been irre- irrelevant and delayed anyway, so it's nothing new. <laughs> I'm sure we'll hear it come back in 10 minutes. the pod. cancel culture is real we need to do some words um, of wisdom (laughs) (laughs) I should be presenting my words of wisdom 10 minutes from now (laughs) wow word of wisdom Greg I want to talk to you guys do you have a funny story (laughs) this is such a nightmare it's like i want to get my views out to all the viewers and i can't because i don't know when they're going to be talking or listening they'll probably hear me late as well (laughs) can i i want to i want to go back to I want to go back to like one more serious topic though, because I know Calder will oh, no. interested to hear her opinion and Sarah's as well. Um, that sounded so bad. Uh, <laughs> nice afterthought. <laughs> and as an afterthought, Sarah as well. And as a third person, I would love the Virgin Mary Croc to hear it too. Uh, but anyway, I was going to ask you guys about. Oh, it's so weird because you laugh like 20 seconds after I finish speaking. Um, but I was going to ask you guys, uh, what do you think about self-love? Because in my last uh, camps, I was really, usually I take on tons of work. I, I try and lead it. I try and do this, that, and the other. And I get really stressed out and impatient sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. Um, but this time I was very relaxed. I, I just allowed myself to have fun with the kids, with the staff just be like a really positive influence, but not lead everything. And it was really nice. And I also noticed like when I'm really harsh to myself, I have no problem being like harsh to my employees as well. And Mm -hmm. yeah, that sounds really bad, but I I don't mean it like that I'm horrible or anything, but it's just way easier for me to be like, come on, like you guys got to work your asses off as well. But when I, when I have that self-love for myself to make it easier for myself or to make it more enjoyable for myself, it seemed like everyone was having more fun. Um, and also the employees were doing a great job as well. And I think that's an interesting topic for you guys, for ex-commune uh, people, because we're often taught like, so, you know, we have to be like so brutal because we've had to really like survive mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And so yeah. now entering that new stage of life like it's interesting for me to like experiment with being a bit more chill and not pushing myself so hard so i'm interested to hear like what are your thoughts and how do you do that because i know both of you work really hard as well 
and you have like really high go goals for yourself. So I'm interested to practice like how do you also let yourself have a good time and you know not not push yourself too hard, I guess. Yeah, it's a balance. Saz, did you want to go first or should I? Um, so she shakes her head. She's pointing at the time. Um, the I'm pointing at you. Thing. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, Greg, that's exactly like what I've noticed too. Cause like sometimes I'm just so mean to myself. I'm just have this internal dialogue of like, you're worthless. Like you're not doing enough stuff. Like just, um, and then I notice suddenly like I'm so harsh to like everyone around me. And what is happening? They're all pointing different ways. Um, but like, this is very difficult for me to handle. Uh, anyway, speaking of being harsh to those around, love you guys. Go ahead, guys. Uh, anyway. Uh, what were you saying? Oh, I was just saying, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Oh my I was God. just saying. <laughs> That is so rude. <laughs> Good karma. Yeah, no, I no. I find that when I'm not kind to myself, everyone else suffers. So, like, it, that's why it's so important, like, be kind to yourself first. Because otherwise, there's no way you're going to be, like good to the people around you as well you may think like oh if i drive myself like you know things will be better but it's actually not true and like we definitely i'd say adjust to the world you're in like if you're in a harsh world like of course like you gotta grind you gotta drive you gotta you know not let your guard down but if you're in a safe situation like it's time to let your guard down and and be a bit easier on yourself and everyone around you. So like, it's just about gauging your environment, I think. Uh, that's, that's a really good point. Cause I didn't think of it like that, but I think you are completely right about that safe environment thing, because I, 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 um, what I would compare it to is I, I, I like to do exercise cause it keeps me in like a good mental state um but sometimes I don't like I don't manage to and it's easy to beat myself up about that and like it's yeah but then what I realize is I'll get back to it as soon as I'm in a more stable position but I don't think I've really got there with the um like self-love as you say I haven't really got to that point of practicing it yet I mean I I know what you mean um both of you, I know what you mean by it, but I think I need to still get like better at it. I'm quite, if I'm not doing something that is like directly um, pushing, if you take the analogy of the boulder up the hill, like pushing the boulder up the hill, then I feel like I'm wasting my time. Um, so yeah, I need, I guess I need to get better at it, but I don't really know how to, like, I don't know how to do that without and then still be as productive as I guess I need to be as well. Well, sometimes like when you think you're being like super productive and pushing a boulder up a hill, like you actually miss the chance to like that there was a crane there, like, and it could have like grabbed the boulder and just picked it up. And like, 
you could have saved all that work if you just innovated a little bit. So I think that like, sometimes we think we're, you know, being noble by being hard on ourselves. But if there's tools you can use to actually like, help yourself out and be and be a bit easier, you can totally miss them if you're just stuck in, you know, behind the boulder and not seeing what's ahead. Um, So like, I think you're not necessarily going to have like a worse life or be less productive if you stop being so harsh on yourself. I think it might even go the opposite way, says the person who's like really harsh on themselves. Well, I was just thinking to stretch out that analogy to the absolute max. If you let let go of the boulder and like you say, maybe there's a crane, but what if there isn't? And you let go of the boulder and it literally just squashes you on the way back down. And you're just lying there. Well, then, all your, then all your worries are over with anyway. So who cares? That just means you had bad judgment. You didn't gauge your environment properly. <laughs> so only, That's why I'm so flat. So only practice self-love if, you're, if you have good judgment. No, if your environment is safe. You can't, like, if you're, like, in a harsh environment, there's no room for being, like, oh, I can take a step back and, like, it's just not gonna, you know, then you'll just get run over by the boulder. (laughs) You have to, (laughs) you have to be in the right, you know, you have to create a world in which um, you're safe and relaxed. And then you have to accept that you can be safe and relaxed and be vulnerable if you're surrounded by people who have your best interest in mind. But that can only happen once you've like learned about what's safe, you know, because like, otherwise, yeah, I mean, it's terrible. Life is fucking hard. (laughs) Like, I've definitely let the boulder go and been squashed a number of times. (laughs) I think the problem for us is we've been in that kind of really harsh boulder squashing environment for so long where if you do take because we we when we left the commune we didn't have any kind of backup really i mean we could go stay with friends or whatever but we didn't have a family we could just go back to if things went went wrong so for me that's always Mm -hmm. been in the back of my mind and i think that's what like does push me to like really like push myself um Mm -hmm. this this fear that like oh it all could all come crashing down and then i'm back on the street or whatever but I think, like like Kez says, uh, that could be a good word of wisdom thing, by the way. Kez says. Uh, Kez so says. I think. I like it. Kez says. Uh, so, and then Sazzy, I don't know what. Don't worry. Sazzle frazzle. Sazzy. Sazzle frazzle. But yeah, I think from being in that environment for so long, we've kind of trained ourselves like, look, if you stop, you're going to get crushed. You're going to get something yep. that will happen to you. And even though it's not the yep. case anymore, it's very hard to get out of that mindset. It is. And then you push everyone around you at the same rate. And it only works if you have someone like Fran. <laughs> Why? What do you mean? Because he's like such a hard worker that he's okay with it, right? Yeah, it is It is quite interesting in that Fran grew up... Fran is um, my partner, by the way. Uh, Fran grew up 
in a very different way to us, but he has that extreme work ethic as well. I think that might be because he relocated to the yeah. UK. I think yeah. that might be why. And then like, it's a similar situation, and, isn't like, it? Literally, like fight for everything he got. So mm-hmm. it's a yeah. It yeah. It's kind of like an immigrant. You know, they always mm-hmm. talk about like the immigrant mindset. It's quite. It feels quite similar to that. Um, yeah it definitely does I think the self-love thing is very interesting it's also um, it's similar to the poverty mindset which is something I definitely still have have you heard of that poverty mindset yeah where you don't order a side of guacamole because it's 50 cents or now it's like five dollars but oh my god you can order guacamole now that you've got a house, Kez, but the rest of us are saving for lodging. <laughs> <laughs> no avocado for us. <laughs> anyway, that is so sad. Jokes, jokes all round, obviously. Uh, Kez, do you have a word of wisdom or a Kez says for us? A Kez says? Uh, yeah. You know, Atlas, he didn't put the world down, but maybe he should have. Life has heaven and hell right here on earth. You don't have to wait till you die to to be there. And if you're in heaven, you might get kind of bored. And if you're in hell, <laughs> you might be in an eternal torment. So my recommendation at the moment. <laughs> My recommendation is you just stay in purgatory to keep things interesting. Now, um, I do truly believe that you create heaven or hell on earth. Like, it's not an abstract concept. It's all about how, like, of course, if you're in a really bad situation, it's kind of hard to create heaven. You got to get out first. But like, and and not everyone has that luxury. You know, if you're in a war zone, like, you can't manifest your way out of it necessarily. Um, but I think we are fortunate, those of us who live like in Western countries where you can, you know, where we have a lot of resources and you, you can kind of create your own heaven or hell um, based on, you know, the attitude you have to your environment and like what tools you use um, and like whether it's, you know, going to therapy to get in a better mindset or um, just using a crane to pick up the boulder so have a good have a heaven mindset although when i was a kid i used to think i don't want to go to heaven and sit in clouds and play harps that sounds like a nightmare so yeah that's my word of wisdom greg do you have something to add onto that glorious victorious Ah, hallelujah no, it's really it's a good it's a good first case says, and I think um, I think that's very true. But I also think like you know life is going to knock you down sometimes, and that's fine. Like you just got to keep going with the good and the bad, and the bad times make the good times better. Like my problem is I'm always scared of the good times. Like if I'm biking down a hill, in my head I'm not thinking, "Ooh, this is fun." I'm thinking. Oh no, that must mean I'm going to have to bike up another hill. <laughs> <laughs> or so if you're like, like me, you just, 
If you're oh, like me, God. you just go to this bike path where the, it goes 17 miles downhill and then there's a shuttle back up. It's that, great. The, that is an analogy for like how I'm not saying your life is easy, Kez, but that's how you imagine your life. I feel like whereas mine is like flip. I feel happy for one second. Things are about to go down. The problem that's a trauma mindset. Yeah, but sorry, but they always do go wrong. Is that bad? It's because you're manif- it's because you're manifesting it to go wrong, maybe. Of course yeah, things but- always go wrong. That's life. But then you're like, what did I learn? And then you're yeah, like, everything okay. Everything goes wrong when I'm happy for two seconds. You learned how to get out of a bad situation and get okay again. Uh, that is one way to see it. Guys, thank you so much for coming today to listen to this wonderful skin and blister. We brought you the skin, we brought you the blister, and we brought you Gregorius. Hallelujah. The latest ever. Hallelujah. I think he's trying to say goodbye. Never know. That was so delayed. (laughs) Oh, man. I I really apologize to the listeners because usually, you know, I come in, I create this amazing atmosphere. Today, whenever I've tried to speak, there's been someone speaking for like 30 seconds already. So enjoy the podcast anyway. And I promise to use a different computer next time. Thank goodness for that. Well, Greg, it's been wonderful as ever to see your face. And Your shining as face. Well. And ciao for now. Thank you for listening to Skin and Blister. If you have questions or comments, please email us at skinandblisterpod at gmail.com.